Mark Angele is an industry leader in psychotherapy and men's mental health. He's helped countless guys get back on their feet, deepen their relationships, and excel in their lives. Now he's taken all that he has learned and is sharing it with you. In each episode, Mark will interview an expert in the field of masculinity and men's work. We'll cover topics such as emotional intelligence, masculine identity, anger management, financial health, trauma recovery, marriage and divorce, ethics, and spirituality. Tune in and become a better man. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay, and I'm here with a special guest, Magda Kay. She is a intimacy expert and a certified Tantra teacher. Uh, she helps men working with sexual dysfunction and also to understand women, understand both their minds and their bodies so they can be in a better relationship. Magda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here because, and I will get to it later on, but gender reconciliation is a big interest of mine, right? I think a lot of men and women are traumatized by the opposite gender. And I know a big part of your work is trying to not just heal that, but but make those connections thrive, you know, both in a uh, you know sexual, mental, physical realm so they can really take it to the next level. Yes, it is definitely a really big conversation for me as well. I've seen this personally. And you know what? If you go to any of my social media and you see a lot of the comments are just so mean, men attacking women, women attacking men. And then we wonder we cannot form good relationships. Like if we hate each other, how can you meet a good partner? So I think, I think especially today, this conversation is very needed. We have, we have a lot of healing to do. Big time, big time. Yeah, there's a lot of misogyny and a lot of uh, misandry, which is the male, uh, female version of it, right? Um, and yeah, a lot of just like misunderstanding, right? Things you don't understand, I think people can turn to hate and turn to confusion and start to lash out. And yeah, social media is a, a real swamp for a lot of that stuff. Yes, it's yeah. definitely not helping. And there's yeah. so much, like I, I'm not necessarily on TikTok these days as much. I don't think I'm I'm, I'm the right generation. I'm a bit older than that. But um, sometimes when you just see what's there, like literally videos just making fun of men being men and women being women, it's 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 bullying. It's proper bullying, and yet it's allowed. Um, and then you have people joining on this. It's it's honestly horrible. It's just on a human level, it's horrible how we treat each other, how we talk to each other. This idea that we don't need the other gender, like men don't need women and women don't need men. And well, you can see what's happening these days. So many people are single, and we're not happy. Mm-hmm. We're sick. We have so much mental illnesses, suicide, depression. And we have no relationships. Like, of course, it's connected. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I know we'll dive more into your work and kind of the Tantra principles, but something I've really enjoyed from some of the Tantra study I've done is the idea of it's about the polarity, right? It's about both the masculine and feminine living in harmony and accentuating each other rather than one being better than another, right? Which I think often comes across as like, you know, which one is better? It's like, no, they're just two sides of the same coin, you know, and it's about finding a connection between the two. Absolutely. And, you know, even for those who maybe don't necessarily feel comfortable with the conversation about polarity and energies, because I understand for some people it's still an abstract concept, but here's a different way to look at it. And this is something I stole from this one very successful couple. I just don't remember their names, but um, they have a lot of businesses, very successful, and they have an incredible relationship. And they say that the key to their success was the principle that they call divide and conquer. So if you think of 
a company, if you run your own company or you work for someone, you have people who take care of a certain field and then they become experts of that field. It becomes a more efficient company. So it's the same with the relationship. If you want to compete with your partner because we're both going to be masculine or we're both going to be feminine, you're missing on opportunities. And so you know, traditionally, we've had these gender roles that allowed for that division of tasks. Now we're trying to reframe this, but it still simply makes sense that we would complete each other in a relationship with different tasks and energies and traits instead of try to compete and do the same. It just honestly, logically doesn't really make sense. Right. Yeah. And it just creates unnecessary conflict, you know, and I think one person can feel less than right or belittled or, or be doing something or having a role that they don't feel naturally inclined to do um, and can build a lot of shame and guilt. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. I, th I think we have a lot of alignment <laughs> in the way that we work and the way that we think. I'm excited to meet you through the show. Um, but first, let's start about you, Magda. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into this work. You know, I love this question because, you know, I talk about sex for a living. So clearly this is not what I wanted to become when I was a little girl. I don't think anyone has a dream of becoming an intimacy coach as a kid. Um, and definitely it wasn't my path. What happened for me is, so when I was 25, I had what I call my midlife crisis. Like my midlife crisis happened very early. Um, I got some bad health diagnosis where I was told that I most likely am developing cancer. So I honestly, in my mind, I accepted I was going to die. I was very unhappy. I was overworking. Like my life had no depth. And at that time I had never had a real relationship, had never been in love and had never had an orgasm. So when this whole thing happened, it kind of pushed me in a whole different direction. And I ended up in Asia, mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know when this happened. You guys know when sometimes things happen so fast and you're just like, whoa, whoa, wait, what just happened with my life? Like, how did I end up here? So suddenly I'm in Malaysia <laughs> and I ended up in Asia. That's like 13 years ago. And I was working for a company that was dealing with personal development and meditation and energy. Mind you, when I landed in the company and I heard what they do and someone told me, you have such a nice energy. I immediately thought like, what the fuck is this place? Like, what is this? I was just like, this is crazy. These people are brainwashed. So I was really against it. But naturally I was going more into these topics because that was my work. And I, you know, I started discovering personal development and energy healing, yoga, meditation, realizing it makes a lot of sense. And so from there, I was just a step away from Tantra. But the reason why I went specifically into sacred sexuality and sexual healing was the story of not having orgasm. So I was in a, in a beautiful relationship when I was in Malaysia, which I lost because I couldn't have orgasm. And he, was, he started taking it really personally and we just drifted apart. And so I knew I had to do something about it. And we're talking about the times when no one talked about Tantra. Like these days you can go on Google and find so much. That was not the case all those years ago. So I really wanted to learn. And I heard from someone about this very controversial school on some island in Asia. And then I met someone from the school. And so I went with her and I ended up joining the school in Thailand. And I stayed there for a couple of years in this tantric community where I learned most of the things. I did some crazy, crazy things, you know, 
organizing sex parties is just one of the many things that I did in that place. Um, but it was really a life-changing experience. And initially it was just for myself and my own healing. And while, you know, I was healing myself, I realized that this is really like, I know it may sound really cliche if I say this is my life calling, but it really is perfectly aligned with who I am. For those of you a bit more spiritual, my astrology, my human design, everything says that this is exactly what I should be doing. And so here I am teaching this to as many people as I can, because I honestly believe we really, really need this. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's incredible that it sounds like you found a lot of alignment and just like coherency in your life. You know, I, I'm curious, and this may not be your story because I'm just meeting you, but I'm curious, like, was the resistance to it? You know, and I think of a lot of the female oppressive messages, you know, kind of taboo being um, around sexuality, specifically female sexuality, right? The idea of a woman even wanting an orgasm or requesting an orgasm is is wild, right? Like, there's a lot of oppressive messages. And I'm wondering if that was something you had to overcome or work through before really embracing this lifestyle. So I think... You know what? I wasn't even aware of this, but the resistance was really internal. Mm -hmm. um, so for any men listening, if you want to understand female sexuality a bit more, for a woman to have an orgasm, especially vaginal orgasm, she needs to let go and allow herself to feel. And very many women, if not most of them, we carry a lot of trauma inside of the vagina. And so the reason why we're not allowing ourselves to go deeper is because in order to feel an orgasm, I have to feel everything that I have stored in my body. And so what most women do, they just kind of lock, they tense the body. Some women don't even feel that you're inside. It's because it's my way of protecting myself from, from feeling the pain. And so I'm not allowing myself to feel pleasure. And so that was my case. So I needed to go, and I really did go through intense healing processes of screaming and crying for hours because that was really trauma healing. So in my case, I didn't have a lot of this external um, resistance. Also, my family, I have, I think, crazy parents. Like, you know, none of them ever felt bad about this path of this work. So I, I talked to them openly about it. And then the community itself, you know, I was very lucky because I met some incredible men and really they are responsible for my openness. Mm. I had incredible lovers who coached me and held me. So I, I honestly had a lot of good experience that was supporting this openness. Um, yeah, so, so, so for, for, for me, if there was any resistance, it was really internal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of like held trauma, right? Which I yes. think a lot, of, a lot of men have too, right? I mean, a lot of men are very disassociated from our bodies because of that. You know, you, so you talked about kind of the role of the masculine in your healing. I'm curious, can you say more about that? Like what were these men like or how did they help you or what, what role did they play mm -hmm. in you awakening? Okay, I'm going to tell you two stories. So the first one is um, before I got into Tantra. So I was with this one man, a lover. It was the first time we're connecting on a deeper level. And he went down on me. And he didn't want to have penetrative sex. He just wanted that. And so he's, he's doing his thing. And at some point, I just feel like I, I need him to stop. And I couldn't understand why. It made no sense. But there was this big need in me to stop the experience. And so I tell him that I want you to stop. And he's asking why. And I said, okay, I know it sounds stupid, but I feel that if you continue, 
there's going to be an evil witch that will fly out of my vagina. Mm. And he laughed. That was his reaction. Now I'm going to tell you a different story. So this was my first tantric lover and we're together and he is penetrating me. And for the first time, I'm actually feeling pleasure from penetration. And he noticed that and he said, oh, you're enjoying it. And the moment he said it, I shut down. I just tensed. Again, he felt it and he said, what's happening? And I told him that when he said it, it made me feel like a slut. And in response, he started coaching me. So we're literally having sex. He, he's penetrating me and he's coaching me through that. And so he's asking me, okay, so what's the worst thing about it? What if other people think you're a slut? And him just asking me these few questions. And suddenly this whole block just disappeared. It evaporated. And we continued having beautiful experience. Now, this was a man who knew what sexual healing is. He understood sexual trauma, whereas the first guy had zero awareness. Because, of course, everyone knows there's going to be no evil witch. But my subconscious wasn't able to give me the full story. So it gave me a metaphor. Now, an experienced tantric lover would know that this is a metaphor. It's an illustration of something deeper. And he would have guided me through that. So for me, that's such an incredible illustration because the first guy, he shut me down. I, th I think I, I didn't connect with anyone for a while after that because I felt embarrassed. And the other guy, it was my first incredible sex where I actually had proper, real pleasure. So I, I had a few lovers like that who really supported me through that. Yeah, that's a really great story. That's a really key distinction. You know, one of the things I talk about through through my company, Men's Therapy Online, is about the male value of courage, right? And there's like the courage version of like, go and face the dragon and fight the war or whatever, right? But what you're demonstrating is really like that emotional courage where that guy was leaning in and wasn't afraid. You know, I, I would imagine that first man was afraid when he says, oh, there's a witch coming out of my vagina. He was probably like, I don't know what to deal with this. I'm just going to laugh and just, you know, shrug it off. Whereas the other guy's like, oh, I'm curious. I'm leaning in. I want to know what's going on with my partner here. Um, yes, and it sounds and like honestly, it helped you open up more too, right? Like you were able to to relax and surrender into that. Honestly, yes, it made a massive difference for me. But I think, you know what, it's, it's true. You talk about courage. Um, it's definitely strength. Yeah. I think a lot of men, are really scared of female emotions. Mm -hmm. So if I start talking about some evil witch and I don't really know what's happening, now he's kind of like, oh gosh, like he said, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to like not be involved. And when men do this, a woman stops feeling safe. But if you can hold her through this, all we need, all women need is for you to just be there. Just be there. Don't be afraid. We're not a monster. It's like, it's like a rain. It's going to pass. Let it pass. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then we're going to just shine and be bright and be happy and full of pleasure. Yeah, right. It, yeah, it's just presence and like having that gaze, right? Just like keeping eye contact and locking the gaze. Um, you know, before we go into our first break, you do work with men specifically um, on some erectile dysfunction issues um, and on, you know, understanding a woman. I I'm curious, like, what is a typical man that you work with? If you could paint a picture of what his life is like. To be fair, I've worked with a variety of men, single, in relationships, monogamous, polyamorous. Um, but what I do see as a common theme is certain level of shame or guilt that they have around sexuality. Either this is around not feeling like they're masculine enough for whatever reason, um, or that they haven't had enough partners. 
um, or because they are attracted to more than one woman. So there's some level of shame or guilt that is impacting their performance as well, because there are just a, very few cases when it is really, really purely medical. In most cases, it's an emotional, energetical thing that impacts the whole body. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that, right? Because men, I don't know, I'm not a woman, so I don't know, but I imagine men talk about sex more, but we talk about it like savages, right? Like it's, yes. based, it's based on porn. It's based on domination and conquering. It's based on a dick measuring contest, right? Yeah. So, and it's basically about who's, who is better. So it's like, you, you don't share vulnerably because yeah. it's about my pride and my masculinity. It's like, oh yeah, I, I fucked like this woman last night. And then you're like, but did you really? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's all showboating, right? It's all facade. Mm -hmm. So I think in some ways women don't talk about sex and sexuality and men do, but we talk about it in such a dumb way that I think it gets, we get brainwashed. Um, and yeah, there's so many different ways to have sex and so many different ways to connect with somebody deeply that I think men are really um, blind to. Yes. And I will add to what you said about talking about sex. I honestly think this is one of the most important thing anyone needs to learn is to mm -hmm. just have a normal, neutral conversation about sex. We don't talk about it enough. We, like you said before, we kind of giggle. Oh my God, sex. <laughs> you know, that's the reaction. Or we start showing off because we're so uncomfortable. So it's not talking is not the answer, but also just kind of showing off is not the answer. It should be a neutral conversation. Right. It is like the most primal life affirming thing that we do right as as humans or as animals right it's such a core part of our experience that it is um i guess disappointing is part of the word that it's not talked about or that it's talked about either in like a very surface level way or, or very like anatomical medical way mm, it doesn't yes. have the spiritual emotional component in there absolutely and then look it's such a funny society we live in because on one hand everything is censored, everything is taboo, like all the rules, you know, it's illegal to be naked in public. And yet we have no problem over-sexualizing everything and having pornography and just like, oh goodness, like what's wrong with our society? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's very strange. Um, so we're going to go to our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have that conversation. So you and I are going to talk about sex and really get into all the different dimensions of it. Um, and specifically, I think some ways that men can benefit from tantric work um, and intimacy work. So if you're listening, hang on in there and we'll see you on the other side. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Men's Therapy Online is now accepting new members. Men's Therapy Online offers a solution to the lack of outlets for emotional expression, positive role models, and access to meaningful milestone experiences. In our post-COVID world, loneliness is at an all-time high. Men need consistent community. Our society is rapidly changing. Old models of masculinity are falling at the task of promoting emotional intelligence and meaningful connection. Men's Therapy Online offers tools and experiences designed to help the man who is struggling to balance traditional male roles and emotional fluidity. Whether you need to get back on your feet or take your life to the next level, Men's Therapy Online has your back. We help our members become a true 21st century man. A man who is not burdened by the rapid change of society, but who contributes to it honorably. 
If you're interested in signing up and finding your band of brothers, go to menstherapy.online to learn more. That's menstherapy.online. Start your journey today. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azalea. To reach the show today, please call 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Or send an email to podcast at menstherapy.online or visit www.menstherapypodcast.com. Now, back to the Men's Therapy Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Mag Decay, and we're talking about sex. Um, where we last left off, we were talking about shame um, that I think men and women and our culture carries around um, and sexual guilt, sexual trauma, all the barriers that prevent people from deeply connecting in the sexual realm. Um, so Magda, take it away. What are some of the things that you see out there um, that prevent people from connecting? So I'm, I'm going to show you the story here. So, you know, we, we have this beautiful movement really for the last few years that give men space to embrace your emotions, embrace your fears and your weaknesses. And I think that is so needed and so beautiful that you can learn to accept yourself, everything about being a human. But you know what? A few years ago, one of the men came up to me. Well, we're talking like, okay, like eight to 10 years ago, (laughs) so many years ago, but this one man came up to me and he said, you know, Magda, I love that as a man, I have space where I can share with other men that I'm jealous of this guy, that I sometimes feel like I'm not big enough, that maybe I don't perform. But you know what? I sometimes look at a woman and all I want to do is pin her to the wall and fuck her. And I cannot say that. And this is actually when I started working with men, because I realized that men don't have space where they can allow their this kind of anger, this inner warrior and the inner animal to come out. So it's safe now for a man to say, I'm scared, but it's not safe for a man to say that I want to kill an animal or whatever, a fight. Like, you know, this, this kind of inner anger, inner fire. And I honestly feel that for any man to really balance their sexuality, to have the performance that they want, really lies in embracing that aspect. And honestly, this is also what women want. We want to see that energy in you. We don't want to be the victim of that. We don't want you to attack us, but we want to see that you are aware of this energy and that you can handle it. So honestly, I feel like we're lacking this energy in a society. And I honestly encourage all men to try to find it inside of them. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I mean, I have a similar thing I talk to my guys is like fight, fucking eat, right? Like it's very, <laughs> very primal. And men, especially human males, right, are the apex predator of planet Earth, right? Like we have dominated and controlled every single other species on this planet. And I think a lot of guys, yeah, like you said, either they over embrace that and they end up be, being abusers or bullies, but even then that they're often not that secure underneath it, right? Or they're afraid of it. And, and I, a lot of the younger men that I work with, you know, millennials, Gen Z, like they're really afraid. I, I think they've gotten a lot of negative messages that this hunter killer predator aspect is bad. And there are certainly 
times when it is bad, right? Obviously, you don't want to rape people or you don't want to hurt people. Um, but like you said, women are attracted to that on some level, right? As long as it is consensual and safe and has aftercare, right? Has all the other components that can help the woman and the man deescalate from that intensity. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of guys are like, they're going in the other direction. They're, they're depolarizing. Um, and I think they're not getting laid because of it, you know, and they're not getting in relationships because of it. Yes. And, and, you know, I always say that uh, from the tantric perspective, the energy behind that, that intensity, that's your fire. Now look at the society. We have eliminated fire. Mm -hmm. We don't cook with fire. We don't use fire to warm our houses. Uh, you're not even allowed to have a fire outside. You need special permits. Now, why, why did this happen? Because fire, when it's uncontrolled, it destroys and it kills. So what did we do? Let's just prohibit everyone from using fire ever again, instead of teaching people how to manage fire. And so when you look at men these days, I, I think for a lot of you, you probably feel this incredible inner struggle because you feel this energy. It's part of you, but you were never given any tools to work with that. And in fact, I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm from the 80s. I was born in the 80s. I don't know what generation I am. I used to think I'm, I'm a millennial. Apparently I'm not. I totally don't follow these names. <laughs> but my generation, I think we still had some access to that. But the generations after me, they haven't even seen that energy. Like, like they don't even know what it is. They have no point of reference. So I think, I think it's really difficult for them really difficult because they don't know what this energy is. However, look at the popularity of UFC. Well, this is exactly what we're talking about because deep inside, so many men have this desire to see what this part inside of them can do, right? And this is, again, it's not like you said, it's not about raping and destroying and killing, but I think a lot of men are curious about this energy. And there are certain outlets where you can play with this and fighting like you know like martial arts is one of them and hey sex is also one of those places where you can play with that energy and by the way i loved what you said just make sure that it's consensual before care after care guys after care is just as important as foreplay <laughs> super important but yes then you can play all of these fantasies out yeah and i think like so not going too much into my story, but part of part of my sexual journey was exactly that, was having a lot of, quite frankly, anger and rage towards women, right? Parts of that because of my upbringing. And then being in tantric spaces, being in kink spaces, right? Where I could really not just express it, which was huge for me, but have women love it. Have women actually like enjoy it and be turned on was incredibly healing. And I think a lot of men need that experience where it's being celebrated, rather than being something that women are afraid of. Because I think many of us, including myself, we were told that, you know, don't be a creeper, don't be a predator, right? Don't even initiate, don't even ask a woman out on a date, you know? Like a, a lot of men are really shut down around this initiatory, I like your, your metaphor of fire, like a spark, ember energy, right? Of like starting something. Like I, I think the masculine is very initiatory. Um, and a lot of men struggle to initiate anything and it's, it's killing us. And look, I will say on behalf of women, I'm like, women, what the heck are you doing? Um, for me, this, this went really way too far, way too far. Um, look, like be a human being, just like a normal, decent human. If a guy approaches you and you don't want to talk, just say, look, thank you. I'm not interested. You don't have to be a bitch. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, like, I have asked men out. 
So I would say to every woman, like, just ask a guy out and see what it's like to be on the other end. So I do want to say to all the men, like, I am sorry for any really negative experiences you've had. And unfortunately, you know, there are bad women. Like, there are women that you should stay away from. You know, and, and honestly, like you said, I think tantric environments, tantric festivals are a great place for a man to experiment, to open up and just be received, mm-hmm. you know, because even if you do give the creepy vibes, you're going to receive a beautiful feedback and good guidance instead of just be attacked and blamed and hated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I love that you had this experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something that men need, right? I think. You know, sexual is a big one. You mentioned like the physical, right? Doing martial arts or doing, you know, intense workout or sports, right? I think men need to be able to embrace this because you know, it's, just, it's like, it's like gun control, right? Like you want to teach people how to use weapons, not just ban them because when they do find a weapon, they're going to kill people, right? But if they know how to use that fire, if they know how to use that, that sexuality, then they're going to be able to skillfully use it. Yes. And, and look, guys, something you also have to understand, maybe at first when you meet a woman and you're in the safe energy like you're not showing that anger and that warrior everything is fine and she feels happy that you're not initiating too much yeah that may be good at the beginning but if you don't bring that energy up your sexual desire is going to drop and pretty fast like to be fair maybe after two years you may end up in a situation where you're just not having sex because she doesn't want it Because a woman needs, and this is where it gets a bit tricky, I get it, but we need enough safety to open up to you, but we need enough danger to be sexually attracted. So you have to be bringing a bit of this intense energy and and tease her and challenge her. Like she needs that. That builds up the polarity that you mentioned before as well. Yeah. can Can you say more about that? Because that's a very common issue, right? Like a relationship that has become non-sexual, whether it be two years or for many people it's after having children, you know, they're not able to rekindle that spark. What would you, how would you work Mm. with somebody that's in that situation? So I actually work with a lot of couples exactly in that situation. So I always say this. So in most cases, maybe let let me add this. In most cases, it's a woman who doesn't want to have sex and a man who misses it. I had just a few cases when it was the other way around, but let me speak about that because I think this is more more common and you do approach these uh, situations differently. So if a woman doesn't want to have sex, it's because she's not getting the sex that she wants. So at the beginning where you're in a relationship and you have all of these hormones, you know, rushing through your body, you're in the honeymoon phase, you don't need much. You guys are having a lot of sex. But once the hormones balance themselves and you don't have the same novelty, now the truth comes out. And the truth in most cases is that sex wasn't actually really that good, that it wasn't really giving her what she truly wanted. And now because there's no novelty and excitement, she just doesn't want to do it. So if you think of it, she compares having sex to anything else she could be doing. And she basically decides that anything else is more important and gives her more benefit than having sex with you. Just notice how much she must not enjoy it. So I always tell couples that when it comes to sex, a woman's satisfaction is the number one priority, not a man's. Because if a woman is sexually satisfied, you as a man, you will naturally feel it and it will impact your satisfaction. It will increase it. But the other way around doesn't work. So if a man is sexually satisfied, it does not translate to a woman's experience. In fact, it may have the negative effect. 
So she may get even more angry and frustrated that, oh, you're getting what you need and I'm not, which is a common theme that happens in relationships after being together for a few years. Women feel like they don't get to get anything. They keep giving, 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 and they don't get enough in return. So sex starts feeling like that as well. So you have to focus on the woman. She has to be having the sex she wants. First, make sure she is satisfied which will naturally bring her libido back. Then you'll be having all the sex you want. But if you push her, if you don't give enough foreplay, which is a big, big thing for men. And I always say, guys, oral sex is not foreplay. That's already sex. Mm -hmm. Foreplay for a woman starts way before that. (laughs) So exactly, it's building the tension throughout the day. It's touching her throughout the day. Like you have to understand for, for you guys, you can be doing one thing and out of nowhere, like your brain switches from work or whatever else you were doing. And now you're in a sex mode and you're ready to go. A, a woman's brain and body doesn't work like that. She needs to be, be thinking about sex for at least 30 minutes before to be in the mood. But ideally she should be thinking about sex nonstop. Then you can have your quickies. So the question is, are you doing enough as a partner for her to think about sex nonstop? Do you remind her that you guys are lovers? So that may mean sending her like naked photos, sending her um, like some, I don't know, watching erotica together or sending her like pieces of some erotic movie uh, on her phone to watch, Um, sending her a message, something like, oh, I cannot wait to be home and take your clothes off and just fuck you on the sofa, something like that. Keep telling her that she's beautiful. Keep giving her compliments all the time. Keep giving her gifts, depending on their love, on her love language. Like see what she needs the most, but like just be there. Keep touching her. Keep, keep kissing her in, in, in ways that doesn't lead to sex. Like you have to be incorporating these little things throughout the day so that sex is always on her mind. That is foreplay. So the more you do that, the more you listen to what she needs and the more you give it, trust me, her libido will naturally come back. But trying to like push her to have sex in this situation is only going to work against you. Yeah, it makes me think of um, a phrase I use a lot with my guys is for men, you want to pick the weeds and for women, you want to water the flowers. Right. So like, I think as men, we we grow by like removing obstacles and being like, okay, kill the thing that's in the way. Whereas women is completely different. And it's hard, I think, for some men to understand that women need a lot of nurturance and need a lot of support and a lot of validation because as men were programmed almost completely the opposite, right? Like a lot of men struggle taking in compliments and taking in validation. Um, so it's the idea of like, if you keep watering that plant throughout the day, then by the time the night rolls around, it's going to be blossomed and ready for you, right? Um, yes. She's going to be in that mood. Yes, but like, please guys, don't count. If, if sex was not on her mind, throughout the whole day, and then you want to have sex in the evening, good luck. That's not going to happen. <laughs> or it's going to be really bad sex for her. Absolutely. Yeah. I also want to talk about male sexual satisfaction. It might bleed over into our next segment, but when I talk with a lot of my guys, they, how do I say this? I think men, there's a lot more sexual satisfaction that you can be having because I think a lot of men don't get a lot of pleasure out of sex either. For a lot of us, it can feel like a performance. It can feel like a test right? Of like, do we make our woman an orgasm or not? Right. I think for a lot of men, like if we, especially if we have premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction, the orgasm itself doesn't even really feel that good. It's like, okay, good. It's a release. I'm no longer grumpy or horny or whatever. Um, But I think a lot of men don't have 
very big sexual bandwidth. Do you agree with that? I, I agree. I agree with this. So honestly, uh, what our society knows about sex, it's no more than 30% of what sexuality, like human sexuality really is. And most people, like their knowledge is about 10%. Like even our sexologists don't have full information. So I think we have really done a lot of discredit to, to, to yeah, like it just we, we just do not respect what male sexuality can be. Like you as a man, you can have multiple full body energy orgasms. You can have like experiences of enlightenment during sex. You can experience unconditional love in your heart. Like that is what sexuality is. So I fully agree with you. A lot of men focus on performance and it becomes a task that's not good. I would also recommend try to separate, like separate sex from anything you do to release stress. It shouldn't be a stress release activity. Maybe once a month, fine, or like twice a month. But like, if if that's your intention for having sex, then what are you expecting? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I never thought of it that way. Because yeah, I think a lot of men see sex, maybe even more so masturbation, right? As like stress mm. relief, like just get it done, get it out, right? And go back to my job or go back to my life. Rather than I think what you're talking about is a really connective expression of love. Yeah. So instead of emptying yourself, like you even said before, um, you know, taking out the weeds, instead of emptying yourself using sex, what if it was to fill yourself up with love and energy and connection and intimacy? Then you can have a deeper experience. Yeah. Well, we're going to move to our next commercial break. When we come back, I want to hear from you some activities or practices that men specifically could do either on their own or with a partner or even in a group that can... If, they, if they're interested and they want to start walking down this path. So thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you on the other side of the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Men's Therapy Online is now accepting new members. Men's Therapy Online offers a solution to the lack of outlets for emotional expression positive role models, and access to meaningful milestone experiences. In our post-COVID world, loneliness is at an all-time high. Men need consistent community. Our society is rapidly changing. Old models of masculinity are falling at the task of promoting emotional intelligence and meaningful connection. Men's Therapy Online offers tools and experiences designed to help the man who is struggling to balance traditional male roles and emotional fluidity. Whether you need to get back on your feet or take your life to the next level, Men's Therapy Online has your back. We help our members become a true 21st century man. A man who is not burdened by the rapid change of society, but who contributes to it honorably. If you're interested in signing up and finding your band of brothers, go to menstherapy.online to learn more. That's menstherapy.online. Start your journey today. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azalay. To reach the show today, please call 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. 
or send an email to podcast at menstherapy.online or visit www.menstherapypodcast.com. Now, back to the Men's Therapy Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Magda Kay, and we're talking about male sexuality. Um, so hopefully the conversation before has piqued your interest and you want to go a little bit deeper, um, you know, double entendre there. Magda, where could a man start if he wants to explore his sexuality or be a better partner? What are some easy things that they could do right away? Mm-hmm. So I want to start by saying that guys, sex, like anything else, is a skill which means we can learn new things, we can practice, we can suck at them at the beginning and then get better. Mm -hmm. So there is so much you guys can try, play and experiment when it comes to sexuality. I would say the practice that gives the best results is to slow down, which is probably the opposite of what you want to do because normally when the orgasm starts coming, the whole body starts tensing and you want to tense it. You tense it and you hold your breath because you want to increase the sensations. So play with relaxations um, in this moment. So relaxation means trying to relax your muscles instead of tensing them and trying to relax the breath. So instead of holding it, breathe and breathe through your mouth. Now, you'll see that at the beginning, it's super difficult to do it because your whole body is like, no, 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 no. We're going for that orgasm. What are you doing? So you can try it for like five seconds or 10 seconds, but just play with this a little bit. And if you find it really difficult, then try incorporating relaxation a bit earlier on. So not when you're like fully, fully aroused and just ready to come, but kind of maybe halfway through. But what you'll see that happens is one, you actually can last longer. So for anyone who has any issues with keeping the erection or uh, premature ejaculation, like you'll see, you'll have more control to last longer, which is what men very often want. So you're going to have this benefit. Uh, Secondly, it's going to increase your sensations and increase your orgasm. Like the sensation is going to be more powerful. But the third one is also, it allows you to actually feel yourself. So for most men, if we, you know, like we talked before, before the break, sex can be just a way to release the stress. So when you do that, you're like the speeding train. You know, I always give this metaphor. Actually, let let, let me share it here. When you're on the train that goes really fast, if you try to look through the windows, you're not really going to see anything because everything is blurry. So when you're in that energy during sex, you are unable to feel your partner because her emotions and where she is, is like anything you will see through the windows of the speeding train. And you're also unable to feel yourself. So if you want to deepen the relationship with yourself and your partner, slowing down occasionally during sex is going to be amazing. So honestly, play with that. You can do this as well when you masturbate, so you don't need a partner, but just learning, hey, I'm going to slow down now. Like you're in control. That's another thing. You're actually, you're increasing your own mastery over your sexual energy. That's like the ultimate level of mastery for a man. So massive, massive benefits just from that. So relax the muscles um, and breathe deeply through your mouth. I would say, honestly, this is the best thing that any man can play with. I think those are great. Those are like very technical things that they can start doing immediately. Um, Something that I recommend for my guys, I'm curious your thought on this, is if they're in a relationship is to schedule a naked day. So scheduling like, you know, two hours, four hours in the morning on a Sunday 
and just being naked with your partner. So being naked with her or him, um, you know, in the bedroom, no phones, right? Bring cards, bring food, bring board games, whatever it is, poems, and just practice being in that intimate space, right? If sex happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If it happens multiple times, it happens. But when I think of guys, especially guys in long-term relationships, like we don't see our partners naked that much and they don't see us naked that much. It's only at night for, you know, seven minutes or whatever it is, right? Like, like, the lights you know, are on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? And it's like, you don't get a lot of that. And I think a lot of men can get overstimulated and either, you know, come too fast or try to rush to the end. Um, so I think like hanging out in sexual space or in intimate space can be really helpful and really helpful for, for the woman, right? Because she has a chance to really have that foreplay, to really get a chance to open up, to really get a chance to negotiate and not feel rushed or not feel like there's um, any pressure to perform. So, so Mark, I got to be that. honest with you. I have never heard of this idea and I absolutely no. love it. And I'm saying this here publicly, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> Take it. Take it. Yeah. So what I normally uh, give my clients is what I call a king and a queen's night, which can be one evening or a full day, do it as you want. But there is a dedicated time every week, um, which is for one of the partners. So most issues that happen over time is that well, both partners feel like, oh, I, I don't get what I need. Like, why would I give to my partner if they don't care about me? So then you have this dedicated time when it's all about you but you request what you want. So if it's a queen's night, I'm going to tell my partner what I want him to do. Give me a massage, specifically what I want. If I want to have sex, I'll tell you what and how. So I am responsible for getting what I want. And so when you start doing this over you know, an extended time, every person once a week gets everything they want. And this allows both partners to feel that, okay, I'm taken care of, so now I can give. But I feel like I'm going to add the naked part to this. I love it. <laughs> I love this idea. <laughs> well, I like that idea too, right? Because I, I think it, like you're saying, it, it helps train people on conversations around not just sex, but also sensuality, right? Of like what they want. Do they want the lights dim or they want them bright? Do they want it to be warmer or colder? Do they want a specific, um, be wrapped up in something very furry or something very soft or whatever, right? I, I think it starts to let people practice uh, conversations, around it, you know? And I think a lot of like, again, this is probably a stereotype. You let me know if I'm on something. I think women often don't get a chance to know what they want because they're not taught or trained or encouraged to talk about it. And they're kind of told what they want, you know? Um, whereas men, I think what we want, like we think we know what we want, but we don't actually want that, right? We want like, oh, I want a threesome or I want like the girl with the big tits and the, you know, bubbly ass, right? Like, like we're kind of like indoctrinated to ask for the same kind of boring shit where like we might actually just want to be like wrapped in fur and get a little, you know, foot massage, you know? Um, so well, I'm curious. I, I love it. Yes. Yeah, what do you Look, think about that? I fully agree. I fully agree. Women really struggle. And one of the best ways for a man to support her through it is don't answer the question for her. Yeah, like ask her. And by the way, okay, guys, this is big, small change, massive difference. Do not ask your woman a yes, no questions when it comes to sex. Ask her open questions. Don't ever ask her, did you come? Do you like it? Ask her, what did you like the most? How do you like it? Because if it's a yes, no question, she's going to say what you want her to say. Like, like we're very mindful of not hurting your ego and we're scared to say what we truly think. So a yes, no question feels way too direct. Open questions. 
And when you ask the open question, like, what do you like? What do you want to experience? Let her answer. And if she is not coming up with anything, that's it. So like, for example, what happens for the Queen's Nights, and I have it with so many clients, a woman just like, I, I don't know what I want. I'm like, well, you're going to get what you ask for. If you're like, uh, okay, I want you to like massage my feet, then that's all you're getting. This forces the woman to start owning her desires and asking for that. And there's no way around it. It's a bit like, guys, it's a bit like tough love here. If you, if you keep trying to help her, she will never have to own it. So you don't do it for her. Okay. It's not your job. It's hers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think to kind of piggyback off of that, and you mentioned this earlier in the episode, it means guys like being okay with your woman's emotions, right? And being okay with indecision and being okay with what I think a man can often perceive as hypocrisy. But for a woman, it's, it's fluidity and it's emotions developing, right? She might feel very differently minute to minute, moment to moment, week to week. And it doesn't mean that she's like lying, right? It just means that things are changing, you know? And I, and I think as men, it can be difficult for us because we like, we, we like the spreadsheet. We like, you know, the stats, <laughs> you know, like we want to have it be like consistent and stable and repetitive and like predictable. And I think those are masculine qualities kind of being that rock, but you can't expect a female or a feminine person to have masculine qualities, right? It, it's much more like a glass of water, right? Or, or a, a more organic process than that. Yes. And look, guys, if you want like some sort of like an Excel file, the best thing you can do is track her cycle. Like she's going to be one type of a woman when she's bleeding, mm -hmm. a different type of a woman until ovulation, then the third woman when she ovulates and the fourth woman when she's going down towards the bleeding. Just honestly, like most women use different like uh, tracking apps these days, just like connect to it and, and, and see it. So if you want some predictability, you can get it from there because her cycle will be not fully, but will be a lot, um, like it will be repeating itself. So you can see some patterns, which can give you a bit of more understanding of how to treat her. Cause yes, yes, we can change so much. Like the same thing that feels amazing today can piss me off in three days. And I'm sorry, but yes, this is how nature made us. That's, that's how it is. And like piss you off. Like it can be like the 100% wrong option. And just yes. like, I think it's worth laughing about, right? Because I think as men, it's like, don't take that personally, right? Like, like your job isn't to solve your woman. Your job is to understand and know and see her. But I think as men, we want to solve and we want to fix and we want to just like, we, 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 we want to apply like a mechanical process to an organic being. Um, and I think a lot of disconnection happens there. Yes. And honestly, like, you know what? Okay. I, I feel so bad. Anytime I tell this to men, I tell them, please do not say that I told you that. And now I'm saying it publicly here, but women often have the need to talk. So for example, when I was younger and I was still living with my brother, I told him like, listen, just sit there and let me talk. I don't even really need you to properly listen to me because <laughs> I understand I, I'm going to say so many things and it's going to be hard to follow. I don't even need you to properly listen or ask me questions, but just sit and be there. That's fine. So sometimes just do that for your woman. Just let her talk and just be there, like, you know, to the best of your capacity, be present. That's it. But let her talk. Don't stop her. Don't ask her like questions. Oh, but this is what you could do. <laughs> let her be. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big one, right? Like if you can make eye contact and that's basically all you need to do, right? It's just like <laughs> be present. And I think try to, you know, if you, if you work energetically, try to like exude safety, right? Try to like exude mm -hmm. safety and confidence and just be like, because what, what I, 
what I've learned, right? I think what the woman is doing is it's not that they want you to fix their problems. It's I think you mentioned this, Magda. It's like, can you hold me? Right? Can you tolerate this? Am I lovable even though I'm in my own chaos or my own emotions? Like, do you still love me? Are we still connected? Are you still here for me no matter what? Like that is the test. It's not like, can you fix this problem at my work? Right. It's like, can you love me even though I'm having mm. problems at my work? Yes. And you know, um, one thing I would also say for men, it's th- this is really your biggest masculine gift. And I understand the the society has changed a lot and men often feel a bit lost. What is my contribution as a man if I don't need to provide for her, if she can make her own money? That is your contribution, your presence. Because that that is still what we need. This is still something we don't outsource in any other way. You as a man, give me your full presence. That's your gift. Don't worry if I don't need your money because it's not about money. It's always been about your presence. Yeah, which I think it's really sweet, right? I mean, I'd like, I don't think there's many men that just want to be loved for their money. I think ultimately we do want to be loved for ourselves and, and, and what we bring. You know, we're, we're nearing the end of this episode, and I think one thing I want to leave our listeners with, which I'm hearing you echo, Magda, is like, I think men need women, like really, truly need them, and women truly, really need men. And if we can just understand that and come from that with a place of respect, not desperation, we can really do a lot of healing. You know, I think each gender really needs the other one because we do have limitations, and one's not better than another. We just both complement each other. We do. And I think it's such a beautiful design if you think about this. It's just such a beautiful design. I don't know why we're fighting against it. I just wish more people would see the beauty and perfection in this design. Yeah. And see how we can become greater than some of our parts, right? By being in unity. Um, Absolutely. So as we're wrapping up here, Magda, where can people find you online if they want to work with you or if they want to see some of your content? Sure. So I would love to see you guys either on my Instagram or my YouTube channel. This is where I am active the most. And especially on YouTube, I think this is the place where I put the most content for men. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. So you can just search for Magda K. It's K-A-Y. Same for Instagram. Uh, Magda K official on Instagram, actually. (laughs) And then, yeah, just uh, honestly, just Google Magda K and you're going to get my website, all the social media, uh, so you can see what's there. I do have a couple of courses specifically for men, but you can just easily see what's there. If anything uh, is for you, feel free to contact me via any social media. Let me know you guys were watching this episode and that's how you learn about me ask any questions. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I, I feel very honored that as a woman, I get to speak to men and share my perspective and hopefully show men that here you have a woman who is telling you that you are needed and you're important and that we love you and we miss you and we want you to be present in our lives, despite of what some women may have told you. Totally. I, I love that. And I think men need to hear that. I need to hear that from you. So yeah, guys, go check out her YouTube, go check out her Instagram. All that stuff is going to be in the show notes. You can go ahead and click on it um, wherever you're listening. And yeah, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a five-star review on either Spotify or Apple and send it to somebody who you think you might need to hear this message. Because I think Magda, you have a very important message that a lot of guys need to hear and need to really just take to heart. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Men's Therapy Podcast. We will see you again next week. Thank you for joining your host, Mark Agile, on the Men's Therapy Podcast. 
Be sure to tune in again live next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and anywhere podcasts are found. To support the show, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information or to apply to be a guest, visit www.menstherapypodcast.com.